0: It's not about having an idea. It's about making the idea happen. If you are a small business owner with a big idea, you need to listen to my next guest. Hello and welcome to my podcast, Unapologetically KK. My guest today is Lucy Chow, who is the founder of the Elements Group, but she has done so much more and she is here today to talk to us about a very interesting subject, angel Investor Network. Hello and welcome to Unapologetically KK Lucy. Thanks so much
1: KK. I'm really happy to be here today.
0: I'm so happy to have you here because I honestly knew about what angel investing is but when I started doing my research I realized how powerful it can be for uh, uh, an entrepreneur with an idea but no finance. So I just want you to tell us about how this came about you started the angel investor network in two, uh, 2014 and obviously you've been running it since then tell us something about that
1: sure yeah um it was actually started by Heather Henyon mm-hmm. uh, Rebecca Hill and myself and essentially heather uh, is the founder and she came to us one day and said listen do you think an angel network would work in in the region mm-hmm. and you know we already knew that women's access uh, to funding mm-hmm. uh, was, was very difficult. Yeah. Uh, we just knew intuitively that there would be a demand. So mm-hmm. essentially with Wayne, what mm-hmm. we were trying to do was two things. On the one hand, we were trying to uh, have female angels where we're accelerating financial knowledge so we wanted women that had the wherewithal to come in and invest. Yes. And then on the other hand, we wanted to make sure we were supporting female-founded businesses. Right. So then we would be investing only in female founders. So
0: what was your experience when you first started? Was it a new concept here? Did you feel that it was something that people were waiting for and you had a lot of people who understood it?
1: Or was it something that you had to go out and educate people on it? So there were already uh, crowdfunding platforms. Right. And there was Dubai Angel Investors that mm-hmm. was already set up. So, but still, it's a very nascent area. Even mm-hmm. today, there's not a lot of angel networks. There's a lot more right. than there were um, in the region, but, but um, compared to North America, for instance, it's mm-hmm. still very small considering uh, considering how large our population is in, in MENA. Yeah. So we did have to do a lot of educating, but in in truth, mm-hmm. we were very selective when we first started Wayne. We right. we kind of handpicked. The angels we wanted to come in, right? So we started off in our first year with ten angels, mm-hmm. and part of Wayne, uh, you know, we we built in a learning module, right? So to become an angel, you had to go through the learning, yeah. the learning modules, yeah. yeah.
0: Because an angel investor is using their own personal money to invest in a business, and they receive equity for that. Business and obviously what you're saying is that you you curated your first set of investors and taught them or trained them, mentored them on how to spot a business that they might want to invest in. Yes, and what kind of equity to take for that investment. So just just explain to us how that works. How can somebody be part of and of your network and
1: what are the regulations? Sure. There? Yeah. Let me let me go um, explain how. Our whole angel network works the process. So essentially we bring in the angels. Mm -hmm. We asked that they only had an investment minimum of 5,000 U.S., Mm -hmm. which was intentional because we wanted, again, to make sure we were educating women on how to invest in startups and businesses. Mm -hmm. Many of the women might already be running their own company. Mm -hmm. They're running large companies. They're in c suite positions, but they've never been asked to be an angel, right? They have all the knowledge and the capability, but no one's ever approached them. So we felt that that was a really untapped mark. uh, mark. Absolutely. Yeah. And so as in that, there were people who had the cash and were willing to invest it in new ideas. Sure, but but also the I don't think women realize that um, being an angel is more than just investing the money. It's yes. actually investing your knowledge and your time and your right. network. Right. And we all not we we all have that capability.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, and as a matter of fact, I think the money is, is the least important part of all of that. When when you think about the importance right. to an entrepreneur.
0: Yeah absolutely the mentoring makes it yes is is what they're looking for at that time somebody who's been successful who's run a business now telling them that your idea is worth putting
1: into action yes uh we also wanted to make sure that we uh promoted more women on boards Mm -hmm. this is something that i'm personally very passionate about so when we take equity or when we invest in a company we also ask that we have a board role Mm-hmm. Um, or if not, then at least an advisory board role. Right. So again, something very important in terms of um, the benefits to our angels.
0: Yeah, but you're not new to that concept because you have been the senior VP of HSBC in Hong Kong for the Asia-Pacific region. You're also the chair of the steering committee for the Capital Club and you have founded the Dubai chapter of Room to Read.
1: What What made you start this journey? I, I first started with the organization uh, called eighty five broads. Mm-hmm. It's now called Elevate. Right now, eighty five broads came into my my lens mm-hmm. um, when I was in New York working and about to move back um, as an expat to Hong Kong a second time. Mm-hmm. And essentially, the genesis of eighty five broads were women that used to work for Goldman Sachs. Right, and they. Realized that they there weren't very many of them, and mm-hmm. they needed to form a network. Right. Uh, so over time, the organization grew and it grew. They started uh, opening up to women in universities, mm-hmm. and so now the organization's thirty thousand plus women around the world. Uh, I believe there's twenty something chapters, mm-hmm. and it's a it's a very valuable network of um, smart, empowered. Women, right? Uh, there's a lot of mentoring involved. There, it depends on what the chapters do. I was the chair of um, 85 Broads in Hong Kong, mm-hmm. and then I came to Dubai to work and live, and I co-chair the chapter here. So I, I was doing that for for about eight eight years. Mm-hmm. But in that role, every year we put together an amazing forum. That that I curated, and essentially it was an opportunity to showcase am, amazing women doing perhaps untraditional careers, mm-hmm. or um, Emirati women mm-hmm. uh, um, doing um, amazing things that like you wouldn't think they would have the opportunity to do. Right. And through those voices, I, I think I really realized that there was just a lot of stories that we should be sharing with each other. Yes. But we just don't. We, we might not have access to to that network, yeah. Uh, or you know, we or the time,
0: yes. I, I think it's like breaking down barriers, right? Uh, where you don't know when you're starting something new you feel like you have an idea but you don't know if that idea is going to resonate with anyone or if that idea is worth implementing and then sometimes when you go out there you realize there are so many more people who think like you who've been waiting for something like that and did that did you have that experience where once you started or before you started you weren't sure how this was going to be set up here. But once you started, you were very surprised that there were a lot more people than you imagined who wanted to be part of something like that.
1: Yes, absolutely. I think once the word got out Mm -hmm. um, about Wayne, and even today, uh, the the number of women that say, tell us about your next round, Mm -hmm. we really want to be an angel. And I think a lot of it is word of mouth through our current angels and how much they've benefited being part of the the group but also uh, people hearing about the good that we're doing. Yeah. I mean today to date, to date um, KK we're really pleased you know we've invested just a little under a million dollars over the over the you know, over the past four years, yeah. in companies, and it's a fraction of the global total, but we're really pleased with with you know what we've done. Yeah, but um, considering
0: you're saying that you only need a very small amount to start with, that does when you when you add it up, that is quite substantial. It, it is. It is. Yeah, and and it's uh, so. Tell us what does it take for someone to be part of this network okay. to
1: become an angel? So I was mentioning that you know initially it was it was just a, a small ticket amount of 5,000 US. Mm -hmm. Uh, Now we're going to probably change our model a little bit and and the minimum ticket will be 25,000 US. Mm -hmm. And there's a few reasons for that. I mean, one obvious reason is that, you know, we're able to give companies more um, initially because we find that in the past we were giving about a hundred thousand to each company US and very quickly, you know, that, that Runway disappears. Yeah. Um, so companies really need a, a longer runway. If we can give them like a million, you know, versus a hundred thousand, mm-hmm. then that takes them a lot farther. Sure. Uh, they're not having to fundraise so quickly, mm-hmm. but also they can implement um, a lot more of their of their business plan and hopefully scale faster. But anyway, so that's that's the amount. Mm-hmm. And uh, you talked about and you asked about um, perhaps. Uh, How do you qualifications. Yeah. Uh, you know, so we use um, the same wording that, the, that um, the SEC uses in the U.S. Mm-hmm. where we want individuals to uh, be accredited investors. Right. So what does that mean? It does mean that they self-declare that they have um, a million U.S. of uh, net worth right. or um, two, 200000 plus of income annually annually right and that they are a sab- yeah that they're savvy enough to to understand that they could lose all their money because yes. it, is high, risk. it is high risk we're investing in in early stage
0: yeah but it could be high return you could be funding
1: the next Facebook and this is why people do it right yeah, this is exactly what, this is um, take a chance this is the this is the hope yeah. um, and, the, and the dream uh, the typical statistic Mm-hmm. Of an angel network is that you invest in 10 companies. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, have a portfolio of a minimum of 10. Mm-hmm. Out of that 10, one will do exceptionally well. Right. It won't necessarily be a unicorn, but it will do very well. Yeah. You know, maybe, you know, three to four will fail. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe three or so will break even. Um, so, you yeah, know, it's has been your high exp- experience as well. Uh, we have exited one. Of mm-hmm. our companies, so mm-hmm. we're very pleased with that. Our very first investee, mm-hmm. and knock on wood, we have had no, um, we have had no companies um, uh, fail yet.
0: That's amazing. That's a great statistic. And yeah, that's, but that's we're but, but very... we're only
1: four years into it. So exactly, yeah. that's what I'm
0: saying. It's it's yeah. been yeah. Um,
1: you started off on a good note. Sure, and you yeah. you you would typically hold on to the companies um, for. For you know seven eight years, mm-hmm. uh, so so we still have a ways to go with with a lot of the companies.
0: So I'm just going to step back a little bit and talk about the the volume and the, the actual. Um, I would say, the worth of of angel networks, uh, investing networks. Basically, it says that there is more than 50 billion US dollars which is being invested annually in the world through angel investing networks. And the amount usually is between 25 to 50,000 US dollars. So it is not a big ticket. And you're saying that, you know, you confirm that that's what it is. You started smaller, but that's where you're going right now. And also that it comes at a very early stage during a business startup, so it's somebody who has an idea and uh, could have either started the business and has a little bit of uh, a market share and has had some success, but is not able to scale now uh, to be able to move forward and requires someone to actually fund them. Or it could be something that's a completely new idea with a business plan. Is that right? Sure. Is, um, do you handle people so, who
1: have not operated at all? So, in terms of our criteria. We look at companies that have at least a minimum viable product. Mm -hmm. So you'll hear that terminology a lot in MVP. Uh, We look at companies that have already typically gone through the family and friends round. And I'll add a third F in there: family, friends, and fools. Right, because that is so—it's so risky. Been there, done right, that. Right, right, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, and and so we are bridging that kind of chasm, mm-hmm. right? Before you go and hopefully really, really scale up. But it's um, it it's a really tough, it's a it's a tough part of the business cycle. Yes, I and, can imagine. Yeah. So so essentially, uh, we. We look at the founders. Mm -hmm. So we don't look at uh, typically a company that has nothing proven.
0: Right. So you have to have started and operated and had something to show that this is going to work.
1: And And you're going
0: to be able to... To handle correct,
1: it, and, and we need to it. see we need to see that there is growth because yeah. at the end of the day we're not a charity. Mm-hmm. It, you know we are um, investing specifically in female founders, but but we demand because it, it is money that we're investing. We do demand a, a return of course at the end. So we're looking for a, a very sensible, uh, scalable business model.
0: Now, I have seen some of these shows uh, on TV where they come in, they've had an idea, they've operated it for a while, and they have come to almost like a roadblock, a major one where they're not able to expand on that idea because of lack of funding. And so usually this, this business owner comes in and says that I am ready to give this percentage of equity in my company for this amount of money. And so in that way, they're valuing their company at a certain price. How does it work with somebody coming to you? Do you value the company or do they come in and ask for a specific amount and then justify? Yeah,
1: and normally in terms of our submission process, and we can talk about that later on Mm -hmm. from the perspective of um, a company wanting funding, how they reach us. But during the submission process, we do ask them to... Uh, produce financials. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we do ask them to try to value their company mm-hmm. before they even come to us. It's not uncommon that sometimes companies don't have that area filled out. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and if they are shortlisted by us, if they've pitched and, and we've decided we're going to invest in them after we've done due diligence, mm-hmm. uh, during the due diligence process, we would have been working with them already to try to figure out what their financials are and what what the valuation of their company should be what's reasonable and normally there would be more than just us as investors Mm because our our ticket amount is is quite low Mm -hmm. we would be looking to be investing with alongside other investors so um, so uh, before we actually invest there's a term sheet that Mm -hmm. comes out and that's The the real tough part, you know, people think, okay, you know, we've finally decided on what company to invest in. Actually, it's all the work that happens after, behind Mm. the scenes. Mm. uh, Negotiating with, you know, all the other investors, negotiating with the founders, what percentage, what amount, who gets what. So it's different for every single company.
0: Now, that's a lot to think about when you're evaluating a new idea, um, so you do have a lot of training and mentoring for your angels uh to understand what they're putting their money into and what kind of returns that they can expect, so that you know obviously there is a risk factor, but there also it needs to be a calculated risk yes, somebody coming in doesn't need to have that kind of business experience in order f- to become
1: an an angel correct because we we really um so part of the reason, as I mentioned earlier, was that we really want more women to feel comfortable in this space. Mm-hmm. How we're hopefully helping them with that is, yes, come into Wayne. Here's an option to be an angel. And we also include training. So we insist that they go through angel training before they even start yeah. off with us
0: because I believe that that can be a barrier to entry for a lot of women because there is the stigma attached that I don't understand finance. I sure. don't know. obviously there are women professionals in finance, but a majority of women who are not have this 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 perception that I don't get it you know i don't want to look at a balance sheet i don't want to right. look at a profit and loss statement i don't get it just tell me what to do and mentoring them is obviously empowering them have okay. you had any experiences where people have come in and said i don't get it
1: and then changed completely and become a very savvy angel it, we we actually have had so many of our angels say that they get so much of their so much out of their Um, time with with having been an angel with Mm -hmm. Wayne. And the reason is, yes, I mean, with the training, that's one thing. So they're learning about how to look at a valuation table. They're looking at how to do due diligence on a company. And actually our model has been where we ask that our angels actually work in due diligence teams. So once we've shortlisted a company, we take about a month to do due diligence on the shortlisted companies, so we actually ask our angels to form teams mm. um, and take a company, do due, due diligence on, yeah. and and that I, I think really uh, that that's really been an, an amazing point in terms of um, the value that the angels feel they're giving um, to the organization, to the group as a whole, but also in terms of what they're learning and their takeaways from just going through that process.
0: Because I remember when I wanted to switch careers, uh, I I did my master's in business and uh, we had... Our finance module. And I went into that class and when I finished and I came out, I was like, was that in English? Because I did not understand a (laughs) single word. I didn't know profit and loss. I mean, okay, basic profit and loss expense, you know, income, but I did I couldn't understand depreciation. I couldn't understand, you know, asset. I could not understand how to balance a balance sheet. And I was like, Mm -hmm. What does this mean? How is this relevant? Why do I need to do it? So when I did get a job, I was in a business development department and I remember so clearly going in and my my boss at that time saying oh you know you're going to be in charge of obviously new business development ideas which means that you have to come up with the complete business financials projecting forward to see whether this business is going to work and we have to look at an internal rate of return we have to look at you know how many years we're going to have a payback and I was like yeah yeah trying to pretend yeah it all it all makes sense to me I totally know what you're talking about and then he says we also do budgets and business plans for for the company and so we have a yearly budget and we have a five-year business plan and he showed me this massive file of the five-year business plan I was like oh you've just done it a few months back which means we don't have to do it for the next five years and he looked at me and he said have I made a mistake (laughs) in hiring you we do that every year to project five years ahead
1: I'm like oh
0: I better start learning how to do this and in less than a year I realized that I was the go-to person for even the accounts department to come in and talk about how to put together a business plan I had to learn very quickly and I realized that given an opportunity a lot of people can step up
1: Yes, I, I'm. Lo- I love the fact that you share that because it brings, and I think we need to really focus on this. And um, it might sound harsh, mm-hmm. but honestly, uh, you know, f- a message to the female entrepreneurs out there is that they need to really really step, step up. up on the finance side
0: I totally agree and um, that is a big thing in fashion because I meet a lot of designers who you know talk about oh I'm doing really well and when you sit down with them and you understand costing and you say well you actually lost money with your last collection just like no but I sold everything out no. I'm like but mm-hmm. well, where are the financials how much have you put in and how much have you received back and have you taken your other overheads into account. And they're like, I don't understand what you're saying. Right. So you cannot run a business. You can become a designer, a great designer, but you need somebody else to handle yes. your finance. Even if you can't understand it, that's okay. I'm saying that you, not everybody has to become finance savvy, but you should be able to read right. uh, your own business statistics when your finance department gives it to you.
1: Yes, absolutely. You know, to
0: know where you're going. Because I think a lot of people just... Mistake, profit with cash flow.
1: Yes, agree. I mean, I mean, also, you know, then bring in, uh, perhaps bring in a partner, or bring in someone that has that knowledge so that you know, is covered. Mm-hmm. And you do as a founder, you should, you should um, be be, you know, uh, up to speed on your numbers.
0: Yeah, especially if you're a new business owner, you can't afford to have. Different departments handling things. You True. can't afford to have a big team. You have to. You're. It's. It's a one-stop shop. It's a one-man show, and you have to be able to figure everything out. You are your own HR. You're your own marketing. your your own finance. And if you don't get it, you are going to struggle. Yeah. And I'm. Is that what you look for? As you're saying, you look at the people as well.
1: Yeah, we we really do. And I guess one one area that where we see weakness mm-hmm. is when the companies are pitching. The financials is an important part of the pitch, and so that tends to be an area of weakness. Mm-hmm. Not not with every company, but I think many companies can do better on um, their forecasting, uh, their valuation it's it's incredibly key because as an investor you you want to hear how they're valuing the company mm-hmm. and if it's totally wrong or doesn't make sense that's a flag or that could be the it could be the one thing that disqualifies the company from getting funding if they get their numbers wrong.
0: Absolutely, because how can you take someone else's money and then not know what to do with it? That would be, like you're saying, a red sure. flag. Sure, You cannot invest your money in somebody who's just going to put it into something they think is going to work. Yeah. Don't know, you know, is not even able to put together uh, uh, the correct analysis to see whether, why it didn't work if it doesn't.
1: Yes, Agree. Agreed. So,
0: that's that's the angel side of it. I just want to talk a little bit about the investor who comes to you to get the funding. How do you shortlist those those investors sure. that you want to invest in and how does someone find you?
1: Yes, um, so first of all, we have a WordPress site. If so, if people just Google Women's Angel Investor Network WordPress, they will see how they can submit um, if, when we open for rounds of funding. So let me just explain. Uh, we have been averaging one round of funding a year. Mm -hmm. So we typically let people know our networks, let everyone know, okay, Wayne is looking for submissions Mm -hmm. and we're ready to start funding. Mm -hmm. That means we've already collected the money from our angels and we're ready for a round. Mm -hmm. And so we've had submissions from all over the world. We, Mm -hmm. you know, our only criteria is that a company be female founded. Mm-hmm. It can have male founders as long as there is at least one female founder with equity in the company. Mm-hmm. We are quite focused on tech. Um, that means fintech, health tech, um, edutech, and and areas and companies in the innovation space. Right. Uh, so in, sec- in terms of sectors, that's kind of what we focus on. We also have had an equal number of investments from the region mm-hmm. as we have had from the US for instance so If we invest in a company outside of the region, Mm -hmm. there needs to be a reason as to why they want us. And usually it's because they see potential Mm -hmm. in MENA or they already have maybe a small operation in MENA and they want to grow that and they can see the benefit of bringing in Wayne.
0: So the company needs to have some presence in the Middle East.
1: Or a a reason for being here. So for instance, uh, one of the companies we invested in it is um, a water filtration uh, company it's a national physical bag and they operate in areas where there's there's is usually third world countries so mm-hmm. obviously that's just in our backyard so Africa and so forth and they wanted to make sure they were in Dubai in the area so that they can store their inventory but also uh, we have a we do have a, a need in the region mm-hmm. and so they could see that we could par probably be good partners in terms of being able to give them opportunities in the region, introduce them to maybe nonprofits or government organizations that could benefit from their product.
0: Right. So, with with regards to somebody coming to you, I just want to kind of demystify yes. this this idea. What what would they need to bring to you?
1: Sure. So so let's go back to the submissions. It's it's an online process, mm-hmm. and so essentially, you know, we would just ask them for the details on their company. I mentioned earlier valuation, financials, um, and then essentially what their business model is. Mm-hmm. We then. Um, the directors take a look at all the submissions. Mm-hmm. We usually have the submission process. Uh, the link is usually open for about a month. Right. We then take a look at all the submissions and we shortlist from there. Mm-hmm. And then our angels then take a look and they they rate and rank. Right. So the directors already kind of done a first cut Mm -hmm. and we've shortlisted and normally we'll shortlist maybe 20 Mm -hmm. companies so it's not overwhelming for for the angels and then they go in and they rank and then based on that the directors take a look again and we'll probably shortlist maybe seven to eight companies that come in and pitch.
0: So typically how many applications do you get for Uh, each round?
1: About, uh, We've been averaging about 80 to 100 Wow that's a lot it, it is a lot and I, I'll be honest there there's a lot more yeah. I, I mean you know it's also timing if someone happens to have seen our link or you know they might have dismissed it mm. um, if you know we we, we I, I'm sure if we opened another round today the the numbers would be way higher there's just a a, a, a more awareness of, of Wayne. Right. And, and, so your conversion is about ten
0: percent. You're saying that you do about seven or eight companies, but you receive eighty to a hundred.
1: Um, in terms of conversion, meaning we would shortlist about eight companies mm-hmm. from. So, but we would shortlist about. You could say, okay, ten percent, maybe mm-hmm. less.
0: Maybe less, yeah.
1: Um, and they come in and pitch, mm-hmm. and so the pitching process. Um, after the pitching process, we will shortlist again, mm-hmm. perhaps three to four, where we would actually do due diligence mm-hmm. on. And that due diligence process takes a, a month. Right. And, um, and then after the due diligence, all the angels come back together. We take a look at all the due diligence documents, and then we decide as a group, uh, as a majority, which companies do we want to invest in.
0: So when you do a round of funding you it's it's do you look at taking that full amount and investing in a specific number of companies, or that can go to one company, you decide that after the shortlist.
1: Um, typically, what we do is depending on the size of the pot, we just dis- we typically say we'll invest about a hundred thousand into each company, right? So, if we have a pot of four hundred thousand, then we know we can invest do four. in four, yeah. yeah.
0: So, you do put that limit to say that that's the maximum funding that we are looking to give, yes, it's not based on what you receive. Um, from the company in terms of what they want, you're saying that this is how much we can put in.
1: Yeah, this. So it's already known in terms yeah. of our criteria when right. before people submit, they know that on average we we fund about a hundred thousand.
0: Yeah. So it is mainly those companies who are looking for that amount of money. Correct. Who come to and, you? Well,
1: and, and frankly, more because typically I, I was saying that because we fund only a hundred thousand, usually the companies that come to us are raising maybe a million or more. Mm-hmm. But they have a need for Wayne; they specifically want Wayne. Um, they want us in this particular round. That's so it's more than just the finance. It's more than the finance for sure. They, they you know, they they know that we have an amazing group of angels. Mm-hmm with uh, you know backgrounds from all sectors right and that you know, we are very keen to mentor we're very keen to pair them up with the right business partners we're there to walk with them mm-hmm. as they grow their business and right. that's why they they want Wayne.
0: So where does his name Angel come from?
1: Why is it called uh, i I guess you know we talked about the family and friends round, and I guess it is sort of like an angel because you know it's and for so many you're teetering you're almost you know for some companies if they don't get this round then their their company collapses right so it's almost like I really need an angel right now to save me so um, i I think that's where that that's comes from
0: constant. so in in your experience with this network, what has been your one aha moment
1: there um there, I'm there, sure there have been many. There have been, there've been many, but I love it when someone comes up to me and says, you know, your advice and your encouragement has meant so much to me and has really helped me through my journey right. as an entrepreneur. Uh, I have an immense respect for anyone that decides to start a business i don't i don't care what what it, it is it takes a lot of courage it it does it, it does. does right it's so it's, it's um, not just the idea <laughs> Right, yeah, it's so much easier to have a monthly paycheck, isn't it? Absolutely. Um, and that 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 was me for the longest time. I, you know, why would why would you not want that? Yeah, the um, security
0: of you know being appreciated by a company and not having to worry about anything
1: else other than what you're doing. Yes, and and so for for someone to come through this whole process of asking for funding, going through for going through the pitching process, uh, getting rejected you know time and time again you know there's a they, they there's a lot of grit there's a lot of fortitude mm-hmm. that that um, entrepreneurs need to have Absolutely. and so that that's perhaps in terms of my aha moment it's also the aha moment is also gosh Wayne is is really helping the ecosystem we are a valuable part of this entrepreneurial ecosystem, um, the innovation that is happening in the UAE. Mm-hmm. And we're part and parcel of that and, and a necessary part.
0: Yeah. And taking it forward in the right direction.
1: Yes, correct. Yeah. So,
0: I mean, it's, it's just, I just want to keep coming back to the fact that it's not just an idea that, you know, that people invest in. It is the person, it is the fact that you, you are fully aware of how many obstacles you may have to face. I mean, you're lucky if you don't have to face any and there are people... That happens to, but that's more of an exception than a rule. Yes. But even if you've got a great idea, it's not going to be smooth sailing. Even if you get the money, it's not going to be smooth sailing. There are going to be, you know, a lot of roadblocks. And are you willing and prepared to do that? And I think that is one of the reasons why a lot of people are not ready to leave the security of a nine-to-five job because they, they don't know whether that idea is going to work or whether they have the courage to take it to a point where it starts working. Yes. How, how do you, do you see that in people where they're not sure of themselves, but you feel like they have the potential?
1: Okay, so I, I love that, that you're talking about the, um, almost um, the cheerleader mm-hmm. and the, um, the mentoring, the coaching, the emotional support that um, an entrepreneur needs. Entrepreneurs implicitly believe wholly in themselves, mm-hmm. but it's fatiguing. Yes. And they need so, they, they, everyone needs a, a cheerleader. Absolutely. And so I do think it's, um, it's vital that an entrepreneur surrounds him or herself with, with, um, with people, people who believe li- in them. Uh, yes, because, um, uh, uh, there, a lot of businesses do fail. Yes. Um, and, and it's, that's heartbreaking. It is heartbreaking, but you know, if the person has come to it and they're like I gave it my all or they're like okay, I you know, it's just I tried it but it's it's not me or I tried it and unfortunately I had a falling out with my business partner, that that happens a lot, mm-hmm. or I I tried it and it only scaled to this amount. And and frankly, there's there's people that are very happy staying in in just one segment they don't need additional money they don't need to scale they're Mm -hmm. very happy with the income that their company's bringing in yes and so that's fine too Mm -hmm. that's that's totally cool uh I guess one other thing and this you know you're making me think this could be a whole podcast in itself Mm -hmm. right talking about the fortitude of entrepreneurs and what's required to make it you know to, to be successful i love that you just told
0: me i can call you back
1: <laughs> I and love then we could it. and we could bring in some entrepreneurs right Absolutely. and he, and hear it firsthand from them yeah and you know one thing uh, one piece of advice i guess is that as an entrepreneur you are obviously very wedded to your business idea and your concept mm-hmm. but you need to make sure you're not afraid to pivot and totally turn your idea on its head if you find that it's it's not making money or it's not going in the right direction or something's wrong.
0: Yes. And, you have and, to adapt. Uh, I yes. don't think any business owner can actually say that I started with this idea and I have been, you know, I've stuck to it from the day I started, you have to, you have to understand that you have to be flexible. Yes. And you have to understand that this is what the market needs. It makes sense in your head. But when you're there and, you know, you're in the middle of
1: things, you have to adapt. Yes, absolutely. And 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 you don't know until you actually release a product. Let's say it's an app. Mm-hmm. You don't know until you've gone through beta testing or, and, and it might be, you might find that, it, it, that that's not what the market wants. Or if there's half fifty percent of the features is, is not what the market wants. Absolutely. So so then what do you do? Or you were marketing it to a small segment, and then you need to like totally you know change that segment. Yeah, rethink your strategy. Yes. Um. So not, do not be afraid to totally pivot, and and don't be so wedded to your business idea that you that you make it fail.
0: Yes. I think it's a personal thing, isn't it? When you come up, especially with an idea, it's literally like putting a piece of yourself out there. And every rejection becomes personal. And every, you know, every time you stumble, you take it personally. And I think that it's a great place to start, because you are putting something out outside that is so you. So you have to keep remembering that no matter what you do and where your product goes, it should still resonate with you. But you should be flexible enough to understand that you have to adapt and change to look at what the people want. So your foundations remain the same, but you know
1: your methods don't have to. Absolutely. Can, can I give you an example? Please do. The, there's a fabulous company called Lil Thinking Minds. They were our first investee company. And Lamia and Rama are the founders. Mm -hmm. Uh, They come from a broadcasting background. Mm -hmm. They realized that you know they were bringing up kids in the region, but that their Arabic that they were not you know they were not learning Arabic well, and they probably wouldn't be able to retain that mother tongue as they grew up. And so they they decided to put together DVDs, CDs, using their their fabulous background. Um, to teach kids Arabic, mm-hmm. when we invested in them, um, they were probably a, a twenty thousand U.S. dollar company they, a year. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but we we suggested that they think about pivoting their business model because we knew that Arabic wasn't being taught well in the schools. That's right. That teachers, every teacher had their own curriculum. There was no leveling, mm-hmm. and students were unmotivated.
0: Yes. Because it's not conversation-based. It's more about learning the alphabet, which the student gets very bogged down with. Yes, and and
1: rote learning, very traditional forms of learning. Mm -hmm. And so today, fast forward to today, they are... I believe it's the numbers, 1.5 million U.S. dollar company. That's amazing. They, th- so essentially, uh, uh, no, sorry, they're, they're worth a lot more, sorry. They just got um, an additional funding of 1.5 million U.S. invested in them. They, they are, um, they, they started a language portal that schools are using to teach Arabic. Oh. And so they are everywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, many of the schools in the UAE use their, I Learn Arabic Mm-hmm. I read Arabic, um, Saudi, Bahrain. So they were not beholden to their old... Original idea. Yes, and, yeah. and they changed. They really dramatically changed. So you can imagine going from physical products to you know then hiring you know, developers and technicians and so forth to put together content for uh, a portal, a language yeah. portal.
0: I think that's why the person behind the idea is so important because I know when I started, uh, you know, people love to give you advice. They love to tell you what will work, what will not work, and that's great. But you also need to understand what, who to listen to and yes. who to ignore. Um, you know, which ideas are going to take you forward and which ones are going to set you back. And that's really where you have to be business savvy. You have to understand and your, your idea has to be strong enough for you to understand what is going to you know, make sense. Uh, because someone can come and give you advice and say, well, you know, it was advice. I didn't ask you to take it if it doesn't work. Um, so you have to have that skill to be able to say, OK, I understand and I appreciate what you're saying, but it doesn't make sense to me. And so I'm just going to, you know, let it go. But someone can come in and say, you have a great product. But you're not thinking bigger than you know than than what you have already set out to do, and and you you can scale it, and maybe this is not the time to scale it, but you need to be prepared. You know, when that opportunity comes, you should be ready to be able to do that. and that is invaluable advice.
1: Yes, I, I think what you're also what you've also touched upon is one thing that we look for as investors, and that is coachability. Mm-hmm. So we really appreciate and value entrepreneurs and founders that are coachable because as I mentioned before if you're intractable and you're stuck on just one thing but you're not willing to listen to good advice mm-hmm. you're absolutely right there's bad advice too there's a lot of bad advice but if you're not willing to listen to your investors because they they want the best for you too yeah they want you to succeed then uh, then with those that's that's definitely a red flag for us
0: right. So, to sum it all up, um, the network basically is focused on women entrepreneurs in the region. And you are getting a lot of people and a lot of new business ideas and a lot of, you know, it's it's been great and it's growing. and And what do you see
1: as the future of this? Yes, I'm glad you asked that. And this is uh, we we this is very new news. It hasn't actually really gone out yet. but uh, Heather, the founder of Wayne and I had a discussion, and Heather realized as we were doing this, the amount of work. I, and I mentioned the process that we go through to vet mm-hmm. um, investees. The amount of work we've been putting in is the equivalent of you know, if you're investing a million dollars, ten millions, ten million dollars, it's the same amount of work. Yes, that that we've been doing with our you know our hundred thousand dollar investment. So Heather wanted to start uh, MyShift Capital. Mm -hmm. And so that's very much a VC. Right. Um, So much higher ticket Mm -hmm. numbers for for, um, founders. And so we think that there's a way we can merge Wayne into the VC model. So Mm -hmm. I already mentioned that we would be asking for a a higher ticket from the angels. Yes. But then we would be raising a lot more. And hopefully, we would get to say a fund of five million. Yeah. And with the five million, we could obviously be investing a a million in a company at a time. And And so that's the next step that we are literally, you're learning this before some of our angels that we are looking to um, raise the bar in terms of the amounts that we will be able to fund companies in the future, Mm -hmm. but also the amount that we will ask um, anyone that's interested in becoming an angel to, to come into the organization with.
0: Well, there you go. You heard it here first. It is expanding. There is going to be more money on the table. If you have a great idea, you need to get in touch. Don't sit on your idea and let someone else come up with it and then say, oh, my God, I thought of this years ago. I should have done something. If you have an idea, there are ways and means to get it to the market. And Lucy's just told us how to do that. So get in touch with Wayne, which is the yes. Women's Angel Investor Network. And there are a lot of options. There are a lot of ways you can you can do something for yourself. All you have to do is believe. Thank you so much, Lucy, for talking to me today. And um, you know I look forward to taking this further. That's great. You can- me too. Thank, Thank you. you. This is Kanchan Kulkarni saying goodbye for now and
1: speak to you again soon.